the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. This is the Boys of Tech, New Zealand's longest-running tech podcast. This is episode number 255 for Monday the 13th of January 2014. My name is Edwin Herman. I'm joined by Ben Sonko over Skype. Welcome to the show, Ben. Thanks, Ed. It's good to be here. It's As always, it's good to have you here. And, yeah, you know, first one for the new year. Yeah, for yeah, well, well, for me, yeah. for you, first for you. Yep, absolutely. The uh, second episode all up for for this year. Earlier, you and I were talking about three D TVs. Yeah, it's of course a big thing now. Well, I've always thought they were they were kind of useless until you could get them without glasses, and I hadn't really heard of one before. But with the new TVs coming out, I just yeah, it's, it sounds like they have got them um, TVs that do three D without glasses. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's. I, I think the whole glasses thing makes it. Yeah, it's sort of. A, it's a barrier, isn't it? Yeah, it's always turned me off. It's. It's. I've never been interested. No. Um, it's just. It just. It's a novelty. While you have to do that, but I well, mean, if you're getting to the point where you don't need them, that's amazing. Well, look. Speaking of novelties, do you think that 3D per se, regardless whether it requires glasses or not, do you think is the whole thing's a, a bit of a, a novelty, a bit of a fad? Um. While you need the glasses and it's not like a really good quality, yes, I agree. Because um, that's what it was like in the 80s when it you know, made a bit of a resurgence. Yep. 3D was used back in the 40s, I think, 30s or 40s. It just never took off. It just wasn't, you know, people just didn't really get it. And um, it's only now when you can you can really start to think about appreciating it without needing the glasses, removing that, that obstacle. That's when it goes from being a novelty to being, oh, we'll just turn the TV on and it does it, that sort of thing. I don't know. I've always, I don't, I don't know why, but I, I've never really, the 3D thing's done nothing for me. Look, maybe I, I'm, I'm just not getting it, but it, it, to me, it's almost like a distraction. Yeah, but if you, like, if you, if you turned on your TV and it just did it by default, you wouldn't be distracted from the whole, oh, I'm watching a threat, like that, the conscious switch in your mind, I'm watching something, I have to put on the glasses, the association of that, that's all gone. You just, you turn the TV on and it just does it. It would become, you just, it would become second nature. Mm. Um, it would just be ingrained and you just wouldn't even think about it. Well, uh, look, I, I perhaps I have to look, you know, I have to watch one of these uh Glassless, glassesless, whatever it is, three uh, three D <laughs> TVs, and uh, for myself, and and form an opinion then. But at this point in time, I'm kind of thinking, I, I don't know. I, I feel but even um, even for your computer, like you know, you've got multiple windows open. Having being able to separate each window at a you know in a in a vertic- in a horizontal plane, that would be pretty cool. Being able to read a little bit in the background, kind of how. Mac does it with its little pop-up, but having that available the whole time, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, okay. I can kind of see how that might be handy. You Actually, also, uh, I'm just thinking, what about, um, what do you call it, when you're doing 3D modeling and stuff and, and you know, projections of, of 3D images, yeah. you know, design work, you know, that would be kind of cool. 
What would be really interesting, interesting would be if you had, if you could get enough TVs that the projection, the depth projection of the TV was deep enough that you surrounded yourselves in the TV, you would effectively create a virtual, oh, yeah. like a, a virtual world. room. Yeah. yeah. That would be, and you could join them all together. That would be out of it. That you'd, would be awesome. You'd have to have a lot of money. Yes. Because <laughs> yep. you're, you're probably talking about one, two, three, four, five, six, so probably 24 or more televisions. Unless, unless there were huge TVs. Yeah. Yeah, quite a few. <laughs> and then you got the vertical up, you know, several layers of them as well. What you could do is just get away with um, like a big one on the front, two on the side, and then having a rotating like um, podium that you stand on. So as you turn around, the TV, you, you stay the stationary in comparison to the TV, but you move. So you feel like you're moving, but you never actually have to go beyond the range of those TVs. Oh, yeah. Mm. Wow. We're, we're <laughs> <laughs> it's a little that's, bit off topic. It's <laughs> okay, though, because I was just going to say, we, they've just had CES in the States, uh, CES 2014, and what well, you've just been sort of hypothesizing and, and sort of coming up with just in this conversation, I was going to say it sounds exactly like the kind of products you might see at CES. Now, yeah. now this year, nothing like that that I uh, – I, I don't think there was anything like that, but – there were a couple of things which uh, I want to talk about later on in the show. But first of all, before we even talk about electronics and appliances, I just wanted to cover, uh, you know, the sort of craze that's on the internet at the moment, uh, particularly uh, you know, videos on YouTube and, and whatnot. In the States, uh, of course, it's winter and they're having a bit of a polar blast. I think they, they commented on the fact that it was, I think in some parts of the States, it was colder than the South Pole. Having said that, it's not really much of a claim because it's summer in the South Pole and the South Pole can actually get to a few degrees above zero. Uh, <laughs> so it's not really saying a lot, is it, Ben? Uh, <laughs> to I'm be not, fair, I'm, I'm I mean, how often do we get below zero in Wellington? Like, well, I don't know. okay, maybe not Wellington, but there's parts of the South Island that, that certainly oh, do. Certainly, but not like, um, I mean, they're getting negative 30, like negative 38, I think. Oh, I no, well, that's Fahrenheit, I think. No, I think it's Celsius. Is it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty you sure. sure. I, th- I thought that was... Yeah, the- I know that Toronto can get to negative 42. Wow. Um, well, look... I'm, it, 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 I don't think anyone's disagreeing as to uh, that it is freezing over there and colder than usual. Yes. But um, anyway, so what if, you know, people have been sort of taking advantage of this by doing things like throwing boiling water out into the air. And of course, you get this fog. It creates, uh, I've seen reports that it creates what they call snow, but it's not really snow. It's, it's more of a fog than anything else, a mist. Uh, and of course, they, they, the problem with doing that is that people aren't taking safety precautions doing this, and quite a few people have ended up getting burnt. Because even though it's like a, it looks like a snow, it's actually still just below boiling, isn't it? Yeah, it is for a, well, it is for a short while. They often end up either throwing it upwind instead of downwind, and it just ends up going straight back on them, or or just splashing themselves as the you know as it leaves the the vessel from which they're throwing it. Yeah. Uh, but you 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 would have seen those videos all over the net though, right, Ben? Uh, I haven't seen them recently, but I saw them a few years ago. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't so- really, I haven't looked for them. There's been a whole heap in the last few weeks. Some of the sites I look at regularly, like Break dot com and Failblog dot org, there's been a few that have come through there, and uh, yeah, it seems a bit of a craze. Like you know, oh, you know, everyone's sort of watching these videos and saying, oh, I'll do one as well, and they do one. And, of course, you do get a number of people getting burnt. 
Yeah, well, I guess um, yeah. When I watched it, I thought that would be pretty cool, but I don't have sub, you know, sub freezing temperatures. No, so. <laughs> no, we can't um, do that, and certainly not this time of the year in any event. I don't think we could ever do it. But yeah. no, not even a wind. No, you're right. Wellington's far too mild for that. But yes, I actually it does remind me. I did see a video of a guy with a t- with his tongue stuck to. Was it the freezer or was it a metal pole? It was one of the two, and uh, and it took a little bit to uh, you know un- unfreeze it from it. Oh, that'd be horrible. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah. I vaguely remember things like that from when I was a kid. I don't know if I ever actually got stuck, but yeah. Well, I do. I well, not stuck for a while, but I do remember the sort of sticky, almost like a stickiness because it's only semi frozen onto the pole or whatever it was I was licking at the time. Well, it's, you, you, your tongue freezes on it as well. Um, yeah, the moisture yeah, yeah, in your tongue, yeah. yeah. But it, this is the thing, if it only freezes a little bit, it just feels sticky rather than... Oh, okay. You know, uh, rather than, like, stuck, you oh, know, yeah, and yeah. needing help. Just yep. has a, it creates a sort of a sticky sensation. I remember that as a kid. Hmm. Mm. Anyway, if you're going to throw boiling water out of the window in the States, or anywhere where it's sub-zero, sub-freezing, be very careful. And if you're going to lick a cold pole, make sure it's sticky. <laughs> yeah, not stucky. Not, not stuck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, at CES, a few things came out. I, well, there's one theme that I thought was uh, quite prominent, and that is this digital eyewear augmented reality type stuff. Mm. Um, so like like been, Google um, Glass. It's been around for a long time, though, eh? Um, there was a guy who started doing it in the late 80s, I believe. Started out with a big, like a big unit and has refined it over the years. He had a problem in France where, I think it was France, he went into a McDonald's and they um, they tried to kick him out because he had a recording device, is what they said. And they ended up breaking it and he went through a massive court case. It was That, <laughs> that was quite famous. I didn't hear about that. But oh, this was, it- was a while ago, but um, he's been doing it for years. I, so- I was really surprised when I read about it was that actually augmented reality where you're seeing real life as well as a sort of an overlay or, well, or it was actually helping him because he had a vision like a disability um and it was actually helping his his vision like and he was using it for that purpose and he has done for years i think it had like a full computer interaction with it whether i don't know if he was you know looking up youtube videos or things but um but it was augmented reality, right? We're not talking about a closed, you know, like, you know, these things, you actually see reality as well as an overlay. I believe it had an overlay, yeah. Right, okay. I, so I didn't realise that. I didn't know that that went back so far. Yeah, I, I was really surprised when I was reading about it. Yeah. There's been a few that have come out at CES, and I think they're going to, you know, really give Google a run for their money now. Uh, personally, I don't. Again, uh, a bit like 3D TV for me, at least. Uh, I, I don't really see the purpose in this. It's it's really, to me, in my opinion, just a gimmick. But if there is a market for it, I think they'll definitely give Google a run for its money. The Aura S claims to be the most highly specced version, uh, better, uh, bigger image and better resolution than Google Glass. Well, they do look pretty. I mean, the specs on it look pretty cool. Yeah, and what's kind of neat about this product, the Aura S, is that it uh, it has two modes. You can do a zero degree from center, so dead center, and you can also do uh, a 20 degree off center mode as well. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of just off to the side or, you know, down down from horizon, from the direct horizontals. That's not straight in front. I thought that was kind of cool because I don't think 
the others, uh, or at least Google Glass for that matter, I don't think that offers that. So the the guy that I was talking about, his name is Steve Mann, and he's he's got quite a history in, in this whole area. And I think he does work with, with one of these places um, or works with a company that are producing these types of products. Um, yeah, that's oh, it's really interesting. So that goes back to the 80s, Steve Mann. Yeah. And he's got that Generation 4 ITAP digital eyeglass invention. It's quite uh, interesting seeing the size of all of the change in the technology over time as well. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Very interesting, yeah. I was I was amazed. This uh, it really blew me away. I thought it was I thought this was a bit of a recent thing as well. It's just amazing what people have been doing for I, quite a long time. I guess now it, it's a lot more. What should I say? Practical, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at him, it's not like you would buy something like that, or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't you know, have something straight with a helmet that looks like a helmet on your head with some bunny ear antenna coming out. I mean, you look like a spaceman or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's certainly a lot of commitment back then. Um, <laughs> you get some really weird looks, whereas yeah. uh, at least with Google Glass or, or these equivalent ones like the Aura S, you know, at least it's a little bit more normal. Let's say, I still, I mean, do they do things like um, do they let you zoom in, like to to zoom into what you sit like to what you're seeing, like to show an enhanced image? Do they do things like that? Yeah, look, I I don't know, I I really don't know. I, you see, I I still can't see a purpose for these things. What about if you could actually put your prescription in it and it altered, um, it, you could use them as real glasses. So it actually created the prescription in the lens. That would be pretty cool. That would be very cool. And it, you could adjust it you know, as your eyesight get worse or better. Or, well, you uh, need, you, that would be cool, but you would, of course, need to invent something completely new there because obviously lensing is the shape of shape of the glass or the plastic. So how you would change that dynamically, I don't know. But... That, that, Imagine, kind of, that would be you could, you could do that with software though. You could you could effectively create a digital lens. That would be absolutely amazing. Well, we we don't have the technology for that, but but if, well, if it's we, all it's just mathematics, really, though, isn't it? No, creating but, yeah, but creating you, a um, a virtual surface to alter an image. So you take an image and then you apply a formula to alter that image to a particular curve that would be the same as if it was the curvature of a glass. And you're effective as long as you're doing it in real time. You're effectively creating a glass. Yeah, but yeah, but don't forget this is we're talking about augmented reality glasses as opposed to wearing a, a headset, a visual display unit. Those are two very different things. Augmented reality. Is, is overlaying data over what you actually see. So you're still looking at something real. You know? But you are looking through essentially the glass. And if you could cover it through, the, if, you could, if you could make that whole projection over the whole glass, then you could alter what you're seeing through them, you'd assume. Well, the problem is, of course, you'd still see, because it's glass, you'd also see what's behind it unaltered. It would be interesting. But if, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if it was actually refracting the light that came in. Like if it, yeah, I don't know. Be quite a challenge, but you know. Oh, these guys have got nothing to do. They've finished their one, so when they go do that now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and so the anyway. other people can make my three D <laughs> box thing. <laughs> yes, that's right. Look, I'll tell you what though, look, if you are interested in these uh, products, they're very, very expensive, of course, but the Aura S at the moment, their claim in fact that what their claim is is that it's the only true augmented reality headgear. 
because of its resolution. So it's a bit of a bold claim, but of course they're uh, they're sort of sticking it to to Google there. So if you are looking at something high and you want something high spec, consider the Aura S. I think they will retail for around nine fifty US dollars, hmm. which is actually not that bad. It's not too bad. I guess we don't really know exactly what you would use it for yet, do we? No, I don't know what you would use it for exactly. <laughs> I have no idea why you why you why you would want to use one of these in fact if you look if you think if you're listening to me going oh ed come on you, you, you're missing a whole heap of opportunities you, you're not realizing you haven't thought about this this and that well let me know give us some comments on our on our website boysoftech.com under episode 255 and tell me there be pretty cool if you could look at like a, you know you look at a printer and it scans the printer and figures out what model is and gives you information about it that would be quite well cool. there was that guy who invented Oh, what was it? You you wear it around your neck, it, it, like off a lanyard type thing, and and it has a camera built in and a projector, and it projects against a surface. That's right. I think you can scan barcodes. Yeah, that's right. So I think the scenario is you go to the the supermarket. Oh, actually, it doesn't have to be the supermarket, but that's I think the example they were giving. You go to the supermarket, pick an item off the uh, off the shelf, show it the barcode, and it projects onto the onto a wall or whatever surface you've got handy there. A whole it's kind of Google's if you like that product, and you know projects a whole bunch of information. Oh, I guess every so every barcode is is specific to an individual product. It is, it is, yeah. yeah. But you yeah. could do that with Google Glass. In fact, I don't even know because I, look, I'll be honest with you, I haven't been reading these things in detail because every time I do, I think oh. These things are stupid, and and so I, I don't really have a full understanding of their their capabilities. But in software, there's no reason why you couldn't do that with Google Glass if it doesn't do it already. Mm. Now I'll tell you what else came out of CES, Ben, and I'm excited about this one. And this is the cheaper and smaller version of the Segway. In fact, it's half the price of a Segway. Well, it's tiny. It, I mean, it looks like a pair of shoes almost. It's so yeah, small. Yeah, it is. It's it is very small. If you if you compare that to a Segway, a Segway is actually quite bulky, really. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I would you say what that's about half the size of a Segway? I mean, I I don't actually know because I, I I think I've only seen a Segway once or twice in real life. Mm. But just uh, looking at the image there and the video it, that I it saw, it looks very small. It does look very small. Yeah, a lot more lightweight as well. It it's going to retail for two thousand five hundred. Uh, a Segway, so, a Segway is a five grand. And what's this for? What's it for? What's it for? It's to get you around about town, or around if you work on a on a big uh, a campus like a, a perhaps a um, a large company that has a, a large campus with several buildings, and you need to get between buildings quickly, or at a university, that'd be great for that. Post postman post. Post, uh, what do you call, what's the non-sexist version of postman? Um, post person. Post, <laughs> oh, posty, posty, that's it. Uh, <laughs> posties, you know, they could use that. How fast can it go? Well, I'm not sure. I know. That, I think the Segway goes around 20 k's an hour. Um, but bad. I'm not sure about this one, the, the, this, this in-motion SCV. It doesn't look like this one would go that fast. Should I mean, it looks like a it looks like a vacuum cleaner. It actually it does. It it so does. It looks like a, it, a vacuum cleaner. It so looks like a vacuum cleaner. Love it. Never thought of it until you 
mentioned it, and yeah, I see exactly exactly what you mean. So, how fast does it go? I've just done a quick Google. I don't I don't think uh, I've got a uh, an answer on that because I don't think you would. I don't think you would get on it to get somewhere faster. Oh, here we go. Top speed of nine miles an hour. So if I turn that into k's an hour, we're looking about 15, 15 k's an hour. So that's faster than just average walking. Oh, yeah. Walking's five. A slow jog is 10. A fast jog is 15. And a run is 20. Okay. So it would actually, in theory, get you somewhere reasonably quickly. Yeah. So like a fast jog. Yeah. Yeah. Can it go up and down stairs? No. 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 (laughs) Why not? But actually, almost. You can pick it up and carry it up those stairs or down those stairs. That's the cool thing about it. Yeah, it's so small. Yeah, exactly. Whereas a Segway, I mean, you, yeah, I don't know about Segways weigh quite a bit. But would a Segway be able to go upstairs? It's, like it's, the wheels are big enough. Yeah, almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> hey, someone should build one with, with like tractor tracks. Uh, not tractor tracks, tank tracks, sorry. Well, they were making a car, weren't they? I thought they were making a Segway car. Segway were making a car? That's what I thought, using the same, you know, gyrosphere. Like a two-wheel car? Yeah, that's that's what I understood. <laughs> Oh man, these guys are crazy. That would be pretty cool though. It would be weird. Well, yeah, it would I mean, be weird. <laughs> I mean, you might as well put four on because if it's going to be that big anyway, you might as well put the, the whole set of four. I assume it would be about the size of a smart car. like not. Oh, not, I see. Like so a, Yeah, I see what you mean. Almost like a rickshaw type thing. Right, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, that I can accept. Yeah. Um, Maybe I've got that completely wrong, but it does sound entertaining. <laughs> well, if it's if it is wrong, it doesn't matter. It sounds like a fun idea, and they should do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Someone else can get busy on that. Yeah, there you go. We've given people some ideas. Excellent. Yeah. So anyway, that's the InMotion SCV. Check it out. It's uh, you know half the price of a Segway. It's uh, looking rather promising. All right. Now, uh, what else have we got uh, this week? Well. Scammers have had a new low on Facebook. You know what they're doing? They're posing as, in fact, this is, I think, a, a New Zealand-based thing. Maybe I should. Oh, uh, the, the woman is New Zealand. Yeah. Mm, should I post this? Should are we? Should I be putting that little musical interlude to separate the international stories from the New Zealand stories now, or should this be in the international section? Well, I guess it. No, I guess it's New Zealand. All right. Well, we'll be back right after this because Ben said so. <laughs> Welcome back. Now, Facebook scammers have had another low. What they're doing is they're posting, as posing, not posting. Well, they're also posting, actually, because that's what you do on Facebook. They set up a page on Facebook to exploit cancer sufferer Jennifer Dulab. They're asking for donations, but the money's not going to go to her. It's all a scam. Yeah, it's pretty horrible. Yeah, it's horrible, isn't it? Yeah, it really I is. Mean, they're scam- I mean, they're scamming and there's this, right? I mean, you know that this sort of thing goes on where you have charities, you have people collecting on behalf of charities and a lot of that money doesn't go, Mm. you know, it doesn't make it through to the places where it should go, which makes people very cynical and it's, yeah, it's a real pity. Mm. Um, Well, this is, you know, it's a scam, you know, and what I I take exemption with on this one is that, how do I put it? There's no real way of telling whether it's real or not. When you come across a page saying, you know, this is, you know, we're getting uh, collecting donations for such and such cause. You don't really know if it's valid or not, as opposed to Nigerian scams. You know, my long lost 
great uncle Abdullah Muhammad or something has left, you know, 53 million US dollars in a bank account. I mean, you've really got to be very gullible to, to believe those. Whereas, you know, when you see something like this, that could be, it's hard to tell the real ones from the fake ones. Yes. Yeah. And, and of course, where I take exception is that, you know, people are, you know, wanting to do a good thing and give money to a good cause. Yeah, and, and and that's to me like just a, a really just a whole new low. Yeah, they're the worst people to be trying to exploit. Yeah, I've heard a very interesting thing with the Nigerian scams. Have you you know when you read one of those letters, you go, "This is just ridiculous." It's written so poorly, and you just discard it out of hand. Have you noticed that? Yep, yep. Apparently, yep. it's written like that on purpose so that people people educated to a level that would discard it if they knew it was a scam, will know it's a scam and discard it. Yeah, and I, people I, and to basically to wean out a certain proportion of people. Exactly, I, I've heard the same thing. In fact, I think we covered that on on one of the shows here. You're absolutely right. I've read the same thing. And very it's, interesting. Yeah, I, I, it was an interesting article I read, and I think we must have read this similar thing. But mm. yeah, it's to as you said, it's to weed out the ones that because you know there will be people also that know it's a scam and then want to tie you know play along for a little bit and waste their time. They want to get rid of all of that and just yeah. get, you know, the the people they're really targeting, which are the people who have absolutely no idea that it's a scam yeah. at all. These mm. people should be doing anthropology, really. Yeah, yeah. Or, or sociology or one of those. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Right, one more story then, and that wraps up the show. Telecom is investigating a possible virus. Uh, a number of people have had a spam mail coming from Yahoo Extra accounts. In fact, I've had some as well. Uh, you just get a, a message with a link in it, and it's from someone you know because it's from, you know, they're from real accounts. So, uh, yeah, Yahoo Extra's been hit. It looks like uh, what they're telling, what Telecom is telling its customers is to change their passwords. So I'm not really sure where this supposed virus is, whether it's on the the system itself or on users' computers. Oh, it's a story about a virus. I thought the story was that extra customers were actually able to receive email now. (laughs) (laughs) I thought Yahoo had finally, after however many years, had finally sorted out their stuff and they could actually get email. Oh, it's about the virus. Okay, I get it. Hey, Ben, they, they can now get email so good that even the viruses can. Wow, they've really, fixed, they've really fixed their email oh, system. Oh, they have. Yeah, that was a, that was a great job. <laughs> you know, for, for the international listeners, if you, especially those in the US, if you're listening to this, the joke we're making is kind of like here's, well, here's the thing Telecom Extra is a little bit like the AOL for New Zealand, right? They're, they are our AOL. Yeah, that's probably fair. Mm, yeah, that kind of explains it in in a succinct way. Anyway, Ben, that's pretty much it. Uh, well, actually, no. Before I wrap up, I do. I, I should just wrap up that story by saying, if you are an extra a Yahoo extra customer, uh, do go and change your password and make sure you've also got malware protection on your computer as well. Um, that's just sensible. It's really not sensible not to. Anyway, well, even if you're not an extra customer, make sure you've got some sort of virus protection. Oh yeah, actually, absolutely. Yes, yeah. thank you, Ben, for clarifying. You're absolutely right. Uh, unless yeah. unless you're running Linux, and then you don't really have to worry about it due to you know mm. proper user privileges. Mm, well, yeah, that's that's that. There are still viruses and Trojan horses for Linux, but they're really only going to corrupt as far as your users' access is allowed. Um, yeah, which is but the, the nice that could, thing. That, that could be your data. Could be all uh, of your yeah, data. it could be. But I mean, yeah, 
the, the risks are different. The, accepted. The risks are different. Anyway, Ben, that is it. That is your first episode for 2014. want to thank you very much for, for joining me on it. Thanks, Ed. It was nice. Excellent. Well, it was great to have you on the show. And that concludes episode 255. Hope you enjoyed it and see you next time. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Asking for donations to, you know, for stuff for donations. <laughs> asking for donations for donations. <laughs> I'll say that again. 